That is the ball game. Clemson Tigers 74, NC State 70. Uh, this is Scott Wood's one-man Wolfpack on the Locker Room app, giving everybody an opportunity to kind of voice their questions. Please go like, subscribe, do all those things for the podcast on Apple, Spotify, all those. Uh, a little disappointing for my Wolfpack today, especially with how it started. Uh, I know a few people will probably get on later uh, to kind of to, to ask some questions and things like that. But, I mean, just my quick takeaways is I thought we played overall a, a relatively solid game from beginning to end. I think there were times where it did get a little bit sloppy, but at the same time, it's basketball. That's kind of how it goes. Uh, I think a concern for me um, is free throw shooting. Uh, I'd have to scroll on my computer and see what we went from the free throw line. Uh, 17 for 24, so 70.8%, which I'd like to see that closer to 75, 80% range. Um, it, it is what it is. When DJ goes nine for nine and then you get some guys to go, you know, Allen went 0 for two tonight. Kilmore was one for two, one for two from Cam Hayes, one for two from Manny Bates. Um, I'd like to see that number just a little bit higher, but, um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, first half, obviously I thought we had a strong first half ended up being, I believe it was what we ended up being up in the first half, seven, 39, 32. Um, but overall it was good. I think we had a stretch there at about the four minute mark where we had three straight turnovers that led to three straight field goals for Clemson and they ended up missing a few free throws, which could have actually, you know, cut that lead even a bit more. But overall, it was a good first half. 56% shooting, 60% from threes in the first half. Again, it was a little bit sloppy on just kind of the play, but I thought our defensive transition was probably the one thing that suffered the most. I felt like when we did have a live ball turnover or missed a shot, um, we just didn't get back on defense great. Uh, I was really impressed with how, you know, Cam Hayes and Shaquille Moore um, guarded the ball in that first half. Um, They, I mean, they kind of created a lot of chaos for Clemson in that first half, just being aggressive on-ball defenders. And it it won't show them having a lot of um, steals, but they created a lot of steals. So overall, I mean, first half was, was pretty good. I think second half, my biggest takeaway is just offensively, it was not ideal. I mean, yeah, we got to the line a lot, but we didn't score. I think it was one field goal with, I want to say, from 748 um, to the end of the game into um, overtime. We only had one field goal made. Um, and you just it's, – it's hard to win games like that. you got to find a way to put the ball in the basket, especially with the way we play defense, wanting to get set, wanting to press. you got to be able to score the basketball, and then you can get into your defense. But if you're making turnovers and not making shots, then, you know, you got to get back. And I wouldn't say we're the best right now defensive transition team. I think we're a great half-court and full-court defensive team, but we don't guard defensive transition – on a miss well. Um, but overall, uh, again, I, I think we played a solid game. It 
it allowed us to kind of see what we're really, really made of. I think Clemson's the best team we faced um, so far in the year. So we'll see what it, how it goes. Let's. Let, I see that we got some people slowly coming in here. Let's see. So Shane's question was, do you think this was one of the most talented freshman classes State has had in a while? I would say uh, – they're very talented, but at the same time, because they are, you know, two of them are freshman point guards, they are on ball and you see them a lot more. So it gives them the opportunity to kind of show their skills a little bit different than what another position might do. Um, but overall, I think they're just a solid class. I think it's what Coach Keats wants in his class. He wants, you know, guys that can defend multiple positions. He's got some length in that class. And, and he's got two phenomenal point guards. So, um, I mean, overall, it's 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 going to be a really good class. To, to say um, it's one of the best and most talented freshman class in state history, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think uh, time will tell with these guys. I think they're going to be really good, and I think they really fit what Kevin Keats wants to do. So that is probably the main thing with this class is that they'll be able to really take Coach Keats's, you know, recruiting the way he wants to recruit and really turn it into something really good. So, Mr. Goodman, are you on here? I am, Scott. How are you? Good. Did you check out the game? You know, I saw some. I was kind of flipping back and forth. There were Alabama was, was playing. Kentucky was playing. And, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't know why, but I still catch myself watching a Kentucky Vanderbilt, one of the <laughs> crappiest games on. But, like – you're still intrigued to see is like Kentucky really this bad. And, and they are because they barely beat Vanderbilt at home tonight. Like they're bad. They're not mm. good. And they're not going to like Vanderbilt stinks and Mississippi state pretty much stinks. And they struggled to beat both of them uh, tonight at home. So I, I was kind of flipping. I saw at the end, uh, the freshman hit a big shot uh, in overtime uh, for, for Clemson. I saw that shot. I saw some of the overtime. Uh, but I didn't catch enough of it. Um, how how worried are you about this NC State team? Are you worried? Are they? A, do you think they're a tournament team? I, I think they're a tournament team. I wouldn't say I'm overly worried about them. I thought overall, I thought we played Clemson really well. I think we match up kind of well with Clemson. I think we're kind of a similar style team where yeah. it's going to be a very defensive-minded team. My only real concerns for NC State moving forward is – they have to put the ball in the basket to be really, really, really good. I think regardless, they'll be a good team just because I think they will play great defense. But for them to be really, really good, they're going to have to put the ball in the basket, which then allows them to get that full-course defense going. So, Because there's times where literally today we had at the 748 mark, we scored one field goal the rest of the game. One field goal for granted – for granted, we made free throws, which allows us to get our defense set, which honestly is probably what kept us in the lead for most of the game. Um, but that's that's my one concern, especially with the way Coach Keats wants to play. He wants to pick up full court, and to do that, you got to make shots. You can't turn. You can't have live ball turnovers, and that's where um, if there's anything I'm worried about is that I think they'll be fine long term, and I do think Clemson's a really really good basketball team. So, Listen, Clemson might be today the best team in the ACC. Today. Now, I'm and, not sure they're going to finish that way, but they're older, they're well-coached, 
the good thing about the ACC this year is it's not like if you're NC State, you're going up against anybody you can't beat, right? Like nobody's running away from anybody in this league this year. Um, I, I, but my biggest concern with NC State has been and continues to be point guard play. Yeah. Like I just – I find it, it's really hard, like like you said, okay, you're struggling to make shots. Why? Part of the problem is you don't have great point guard play. And if you look at a lot of the teams that I just don't buy into, you know, even at, at a higher level, like a Kansas, okay, I don't think Kansas can win six straight because I don't think they have great point guard play. And if you don't have that, you know when you played. And I'm not saying you didn't have good point guard play, but I'm saying you've played with good point guards, you've played with average point guards over the years, whether it's in college, in high school, in AAU, or overseas. And it makes all the difference in the world for you as a shooter, as a scorer, where you get the ball. Yeah, I, cu- I couldn't agree more. But I, w- I will say, too, and I think that's why, obviously, Braxton Beverly did not play tonight yeah. because of an ankle injury. Yeah, I think that's why he has been playing a lot of point early on because I think his natural position is at the two it is. Where, yeah. where, he can, where he can come off screens and score. But I think they have him playing some point guard to kind of break these freshmen in. And I, I'll be honest with you, the, the, the freshmen have been great so yep. far. I mean, Shaquille Moore tonight, his stat line is 10 rebounds, three assists. I can't believe two, he got 10 rebounds. Two blocks and seven yeah. points. I mean, that's just phenomenal play out of him. I think, you know, Cam had a bad turnover there towards the end. Uh, he had three turnover, turnovers on the day. Shaquille had two turnovers on the day. But if they're just able to create just enough, that's that's what I need without turning the ball over. Because I don't think Braxton's the guy that's going to come off screens and really create and, you know, create space for Devin Daniels or uh, Thunderbird no, that's not to open some things up. And, I, and so I, I think long term and towards the end of the season, you're going to see a lot more minutes of Shaquille Moore and Cam Hayes. But, again, it's kind of like you said – they're freshmen, and sometimes freshmen can be a little bit scary. So, Yeah, it's just hard because, again, their upside is high. But at this point, does Kevin Keats trust him enough to give them the ball and let them uh, run the show? Probably, you know, he, he probably trusts Beverly more because he's seen him more. He knows the system. Yeah. Um, and, again, you can ill afford in this abbreviated season, right? You, you can't give them anything away. And, and that's the – Listen, the, the good thing is tonight, listen, you're not really supposed to win this game in a way, right? Yeah. Zach Clemson, Clemson's probably the better team because they're a little bit more experienced. Uh, they've played great. I mean, listen, they're 9-1, and one, and if you look at their wins, they don't blow you away, but I just tweeted them, like, they're pretty impressive. Like, they're just a bunch of power five-type wins. Now, some are on the lower level of the power five, but so this isn't, Listen, my guess is their net ranking, which is kind of what matters more than anything these days, will probably go up after today because you played a really good Clemson team that I think I've ranked at like 15 in the country. So there's no shame in losing this one. You, really, you got to hold hold serve at home uh, for most of the ACC and then steal some and, and beat the teams you should beat on the road. Yeah, and I've always – so my philosophy when I'm playing is it's always beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Yeah. And if you lose the one you're not that was like that you, that shouldn't beat you, you better go beat one of those big that's time right. programs now. And that's that's always been my philosophy. If state can find a way to beat all the teams they should beat and not lose to you know 
uh, UNCG or a or small Boston team. College. Yeah, don't lose yeah. to Boston College even. Like, don't yeah. lose to a team at the bottom of the ACC. You've got to beat. You've got to beat Pittsburgh. You've got to beat BC. You know, you got to even listen. This next game, you're going to play Miami at home. You you got to win that game. Like that's a Chris likes didn't play tonight. Neither did Cam McGusty. They're going to get healthy. Maybe those guys come back for that game, but that's a game you have to win at home. Uh, and then, like you, you know, you got to steal a couple on the road against the, uh, you know, come here to Boston College February sixth. You got to win that game. You got to win at Pittsburgh on February seventeenth. At Wake on February twentieth. You win those three on the road, and you hold, you know, hold serve for the most part at home. You're fine. I mean, to me, then you put yourself in a situation where you're getting in the tournament, and this year. Just get in, like <laughs> for anybody. You get in this year. Who the hell knows what's going to happen in Indiana? Yeah, I I agree, and I think I, th- I mean I think NC State is that they've really. I mean, honestly, I didn't know what to expect this year yeah. just because they were so young. Although they, you know, they do have a few seniors coming back, but I mean, they've showed me that they're capable. They've competed at a high level. Uh, I mean, besides St. Louis, I mean, and they had a few guys out because of yeah. the virus. So and and they played Clemson to the wire, which honestly it's a game that they probably should have won if they'd have not turned the ball over a couple times down the stretch. They are very easily can get in that yep. tournament, and it's like you said, once you get in, anything can happen. And then I think Shane asked, Duona Gibson and Farrar, why don't they play much, if any? I really want to see what else we have from the big man besides Bates and Funderburk, as well as how Nick Farrar makes edges with the others. I think honestly that kind of comes down to uh their freshmen and it's it's hard to get you know Manny Bates and DJ Funderburk off the court. I mean they're you got one that's leading the country in blocks and you got the other that's arguably probably a top 20 top 25 low post score. It's just kind of hard to get the minutes and I mean especially with the virus this year, I think not having preseason games has kind of probably scared a lot of coaches to probably give these freshmen minutes that they probably would normally get early on in the season, even in some blowout games. Um, but now, I mean, look at it like this is our eighth game of the year. Usually I'm nine, ten games in the year before you're playing a conference game. We've played three conference games and we're playing the number 19 team in the country and we are just a little bit hesitant to put those guys in those big positions when you know what you're going to get out of DJ and what you know you're going to get out of Manny Bates. So that'd kind of be my take on that. But I'll kind of get back to uh, the second half and the overtime. Um, I mean, honestly, I was relatively satisfied with how we played um, the whole game until about the last five minutes and in the overtime. So I think the big, real big turning point was obviously how I mentioned that 745, 748 mark where we only had one field goal with the rest, with the rest of the game to go. But that 38 seconds left in the game where we left open honor, who on the day was, I want to say five for six. He was five for six from three. 21 points. He's, he was hot the whole game. Coming down in transition, we, we left him open to tie the game. That, that right there was the first no-no because, honestly, looking back on it, Manny was underneath the basket. So I think it was Sims bringing up the ball. 
Sims bringing up the ball was not going to have an easy layup. He was going to have to go through Manny. And we just had three guys totally collapse in the paint and left honor open for the three, which tied the game. Okay, we go in overtime. And then in overtime, I think the key is just when Devin Daniels had those two turnovers. I think with him being a senior, they were, you know, two turnovers that were kind of unnecessary. One was overthrown in the corner. I think the other one might have been a a lob. He tried to throw a lob or a pass to to Manny underneath. Um, but just from a senior, you got to eliminate those, uh, especially down the stretch there. And then Sims for Clemson didn't play great the whole game. And all of a sudden, their senior comes out to play in the last two minutes, has two big buckets underneath, um, and kind of kind of put it put it in the bag for Clemson. And then obviously Hall, their freshman, comes in uh, with a left shoulder kind of fadeaway hook. Um, but that that one I'm living with. Manny Bates playing defense on a freshman. It was relatively good defense, and you got to live with him making that shot. But overall, I think in that overtime, I would say the seniors for um, Clemson, Honor, and Sims just kind of took the game over and really were the difference makers for Clemson, especially in that overtime and, and leading down the crunch time for uh, Clemson. Then Emma had a question. If Beverly would have been able to play tonight, do you think there would have been a different outcome in the game? I think it would have made it a little bit more interesting because then you would have had an upperclassman on the floor, especially in the stretch when they needed to slow some things down. Um, and, and that would have probably made things a little bit interesting because you probably would have had a, a few less turnovers and a few more possessions that would have given us a chance to score the basketball. And it's, it's another score. It's another shooter that kind of spreads the floor and can open things up for, you know, Devin to get in the paint because not as many people are going to want to have help off Braxton. And then it'll open up some things for DJ. But at the same time, I do think, you know, overall they, they played a good game and I thought we filled in good for him while he was out. Uh, but it would have been nice to have his leadership, especially down the stretch, uh, to help us. And then what do you think State should have done differently in the overtime? I know I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, um, but for me it's just take care of the ball. Uh, those two turnovers towards the end are just – I mean, they're almost like backbreakers, especially in a five-minute stretch. You don't get a lot of possessions, and when you turn the ball over twice, uh, it just doesn't help, especially when we're already not scoring the ball and, and having some struggles down the stretch. We need to make sure we get good possessions, and that's one thing I kind of felt like we we weren't very great at. So just turn, just taking care of the ball. I've, I've kind of said it all, even in my other podcasts, is, is when this team takes care of the ball and puts the ball in the basket, they're going to be a – a top 20 team just because of the way they can pick up full court. But um, a couple more hitters that I had kind of written down throughout the game was uh, the six minute mark. Uh, things were kind of getting ugly on both sides. And I thought coach, coach Keats, which again, this is probably something that a lot of fans and spectators don't really look at. Uh, he called a great timeout. It was, it was just getting really sloppy. We didn't have any good possessions. You can kind of tell both teams were getting frustrated a little bit. Both teams were getting a little bit chippy. Uh, he called timeout, but the only thing that really makes me mad, we came out of the timeout and turned the ball over. This is yeah, this is a big pet peeve for me. If you call timeout, which was a great timeout, we got to come out and execute a play. We got to get a good possession, at least get the ball up, 
at the basket and give it a chance instead of turning it over. Um, and that's one of the things I, I literally wrote it down. Six minute mark, NC State, great timeout. And then literally underneath it, I had to say turnover. So right there, I just wish we'd come out and have a better execution of the uh, out of timeout. I'm sure Keith's had something written up, but again, it, it leads into a turnover. Another big moment, the four minute mark. Uh, Jericho Helms fouls out of the game. It's, it doesn't, again, it doesn't look huge on paper, but Jericho is able to guard multiple positions. He had a solid game, six rebounds, eight points. Um, so that is another thing that's big. Another person down the stretch that kind of is able to stretch the floor and kind of bring out their bigs a little bit because he can stretch the floor at the four position and he's able to guard multiple positions on the switches. So that's another big thing to point out. Um, but overall, again, I can, can't say it enough. I really do like overall the way we played. Uh, another question is, does Devin Daniels' lack of clutch play down the stretch concern you given he's our senior leader? We tend to see a really good Daniels and a really bad Daniels, never in between. Uh, well, Mac, I'll tell you this. Uh, I tell everybody, Devin Daniels is, is our heart and soul of the team. He has the energy of the team. If there's a guy I want to have a bucket, it's Devin Daniels. But you do sometimes have to live with, you know, he pounds the ball a little bit too much at times and sometimes gets into trouble, which can, can translate into some turnovers. Uh, I think tonight he had three turnovers. Again, I'd like those to be a little bit lower, but it does concern me the two back-to-back turnovers in overtime just because you really do need that senior leadership to understand that once you get into overtime, those possessions are limited. Yes, you kind of want to take risk, but it has to be a calculated risk, and those two turnovers – are a little bit concerning, but again, I've seen him make big plays in big time situations. So I know he'll be there to make the plays. I think tonight, even if you asked him, he'd say those two turnovers are going to haunt him a little bit. So just looking back on it, it's the only, it's just the two turnovers in the overtime that it would concern me. But again, it's, it's kind of the things you have to live with them. Sometimes he's a little bit out of control, but he's also the heart and soul of the team. And if I wanted somebody to get a bucket, trust me, I'm going to call Devin Daniels numbers. So I would roll with it. Who would you consider from Shane? Who would you consider as state's clutch player this year? That's a good question. I I think that kind of goes back to Devin. I think Devin is the one that I'd want to have the ball in his hands with, with the clock running down. Um, But I do like uh, Thunderbird on the block. I think that we had, where was it at? The end of the game, it was an overtime. We had a chance to make it a tie maybe. But we got the switch on DJ Funderburk, so we had a small guy on him, and we recognized it late, but we tried to throw a pass into the post, and they stole the ball, which led to them going down and scoring on the other end. There, I would have liked to see uh, Manny Bates, who had the big guy on him, if he would have went to the high post, which would have brought his man up, so his man actually came across and switched onto DJ. So then he didn't have the mismatch and he's the guy that switched the ball. I would have liked to have seen that better executed, but again, we recognize the switch. We didn't execute it. Great. But DJ's another one, especially with how good he's at scoring at the block. I would like to, you know, see him get the ball a little bit too. So, I mean, honestly, we have 
probably two guys that that I'd like to see the ball in, and, and a lot of it will come down to uh, to matchups. David, a question? I have a question, Scotty. What's going on? Not much. How are you? I'm doing well. So it's not not much about um, this game in particular, so feel free to cut me off the podcast if you need to. But can you just <laughs> give us your thoughts on how the game, college basketball, NC State, how it's played now, differs from when you were a player there? Like Just compare and contrast a little bit. Yeah. And I have a second question after that. All right, so I will say that even though I've only been out of NC State for eight years now, uh, I would definitely say that it has changed uh, quite a bit. And I think the main change would be offensively. It's a lot more pick and roll. It's a lot more, I call it NBA oriented because NBA is a lot of pick and roll, a lot of one-on-one, a lot of creating mismatch. And I think the college level has really kind of adopted it. And you can kind of see it with Coach Kevin Keats at NC State now. He really likes to run some pick and roll action at the top, create mismatches. Um, and that's where I'd kind of like to see, especially when Braxton comes back, a little bit more down screens, a little bit more screen to screener plays that force def- defenses to kind of make a quicker decision on what they want to do. Um, but it, it is a little weird just watching because I feel like I haven't been out for that long. But the game is slowly changing towards that pick and roll style and a little bit of one on one style basketball. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and then kind of a, a general ACC question. How do you – what's your outlook on, on NC State this year in the ACC? What is, was this the first conference? No, there's been a few conference games. This, this, is, this is their third conference game. I think they're 2-1 they're and one now. Clemson moves to 3-1. Uh, but overall, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I, I keep saying I would like NC State to be in the top five, top four. I think they have the potential with the roster they have. Obviously, you know, we're, we still have some young guys in some big positions that really have, have to play well for us to do that. But you just haven't seen anybody dominate. I mean, Virginia Tech looks really strong. Clemson has looked really strong early on. I mean, you always got a Duke sitting there. North Carolina couldn't throw the ball in the ocean if they were on the beach, so they can't really <laughs> shoot. Um, but, I mean, Virginia was preseason three, I think, or two. So you have – you have some good talent up there. Louisville's been injured. Syracuse is 6-1 and one in the, on the year. So there's a lot of talent up there, but at the same time, nobody's really stuck out, and I don't think that I can say there's one team that everybody's got to beat. I think it's a very competitive league this year and that anybody has the opportunity to finish in the top two, three positions. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely looks like it's anyone's, anyone's league this year. So pull up for NC State. We'll Thank see. you, man. I, I I hope they pull it out too. I, I keep saying top four, and if they could somehow get in the top four, I I expect them to be a, a pretty high seed in the tournament. So we'll see how it shakes out. Nice. Uh, <laughs> last random question. I just played a round today with Kent. Um, what was your <laughs> What was your lowest recent score? I'm hopping nice. off now. Appreciate you, Scott. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. So I shot a yeah. I shot a seventy eight. Um, I want to say it was Saturday. I shot a 78 Saturday at, I want to say, I can't think of the name of the course. Um, my buddy will shoot me in the back uh, for not remembering the course because he picked it out. But I shot a 78, played well, um, and it's probably one of the best rounds I've had this year. I haven't been playing great. But hopefully your game's in shape, and, and, and when I get over to, to Golden State back with you, I'll uh, 
I'll have to get around in and we'll have to go play. So, uh, Mac also asked, uh, what do you need? What do you think needs to happen to get Cam Hayes comfortable? Seems to me like he's still playing a little cautious, apprehensive, especially compared to Shaquille. Same with Thomas Allen. They're still a little bit hesitant. I'd agree. And again, I think he's, he's a freshman and, and, and Shaquille and, uh, and Cameron, to me, though they played the same position, they played the position very differently. Uh, Shaquille is a, a lot more physical. Um, Cam is a little bit more finesse, uh, can create space a little bit better, probably more offensive. And Shaquille is just kind of a really good, solid defensive player and very capable offensive player because he's such a freak athlete. But again, it's going to come with, playing in these type of games. Yeah. I mentioned his turnover in this game, which was, which was a, a bad turnover for him, but him getting this type of experience against a number 19 Clemson team, uh, that is very good. That is fairly deep and they have a lot of upperclassmen. Uh, I think that'll be pivotal for him moving forward. I expect him to be, be just fine. I think if you heard Goodman talking earlier, it's one of the things that can kind of be scary is point guard play. You got to have really good point guard play. And if Shaquille and, and Cam can continue to grow throughout the season, it'll be very successful season for us. So uh, overall, I'm not worried. He's a freshman. He's going to learn. Uh, we just hope that he learns a little bit quicker because he is in a position that can kind of really affect uh, the team and, and how it goes. So, All right. Well, I think that might have been all the questions. I'll give a quick second to see if anybody else puts anything, but I appreciate everybody that came on. Uh, Toki, I appreciate you coming on, good man. I appreciate you talking. Obviously, we're, we're kind of still getting used to it. It's the first time I've been on the locker room app, so uh, I've enjoyed it. Hi, Mom, who, who said nope to the, to the questions. Uh, but I appreciate you all coming on. Again, Scott Woods, One Man Wolfpack, please like, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. I think next week I've got a very good guest in Derek Wittenberg who is going to come on the show. So that will be a fun one talking about his uh, championship run, Jimmy V, all that good stuff. So please uh, tune in next week. I appreciate everybody coming on today and look forward to NC State's next game. Take care.